Well, hey, welcome to tonight's California Haunts Radio. It is a wonderful Wednesday evening here in lovely Northern California. Not too hot, not too cold, nice breeze blowing. I want to welcome you guys tonight. We've got a great show lined up. I can't wait to talk to my two guests. I heard them on another show, and I was absolutely fascinated by what they had to say. My name is Charlotte. I'm your host, and I will be with you for the next hour or so. I am also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento. You can find us at www.californiahaunts.org. But not only are we based out of Sacramento, but we're also based out of a few other places in, in the state, up and down the state, plus Washington, Oregon, and parts of Hawaii. So you can look us up. Anyway, I just want to hit a, head, a heads up on this. Uh, my life is kind of kind of in an upheaval right now. I had uh, my, my oldest 14-year-old dog. It looks like she might have had a stroke or so, something yesterday, or, or she's got arthritis real bad. So she's having some difficulties walking not real bad but she, she's weak in her right uh rear hindquarters and uh so she's right now she's right outside the door of the studio you know i had to when i took care of my mother i uh i um uh, proofed my house you know so my mother couldn't trip and, and all this so i spent i spent all all afternoon proofing my house again so the dog won't trip but um if you do, uh, by chance on the mic, if it picks up crash or something, I may have to step away for a minute to see what what appliance or what the Christmas tree died or, or whatever died at the, at the dog's paws because she probably, you know, she ran into it or something. But for the most part, she'll probably stay outside the doors. That's what I'm hoping. Anyway, welcome. And without further ado, I'm going to bring my guests in. And here we go. I'll let them introduce themselves. Hello, guests. Good evening. Oh, we're good. We're keeping good thought for your dog. Yes, we're... Uh, me too. I don't know. You know, I, I was thinking that it could be an anal gland problem or she she has a bad back anyway, so it could be arthritis, you know. But she's alert. She's eating. She's drinking. And she does do the zoomies slowly, but she does the zoomies. Good. And then she passes out. <laughs> Excellent. So tell me. I want to I want to learn about you guys because I I know I, I heard you on the other guy's show but I, I want to know about you I want to know about both of you so have at it. Go ahead, please. Sure. So I'm Tanya Medea. I am a medium and author. I'm also a certified hypnotist, uh, Reiki master. I'll be sending Reiki to your dog Charlotte, uh, hopefully to help her feel a little bit better. Um, thank you. And thank you. Um, and. Um, Co co-host with Joey on our podcast Into the Outer Realms. Great. 
And uh, I I come from the paranormal, um, not being a psychic medium, although Tanya is helping me to develop my intuition and my skills, and that's been an interesting journey. But I really come from, at the core of what we do is anecdotal evidence. And I'm a writer, writing teacher, uh, story analyst. And so that's a big part of what I do, analyzing the data, conducting the interviews, doing the historical research and all that kind of stuff. And of course, co-authoring with Tanya on our books and our lectures and all that. Fascinating. Sounds great. Now, on the other show, you and I had, you guys, you guys and I had something in common. You lived in a haunted house. I grew up in a haunted house. My family weren't believers. I saw things nobody else did, <laughs> mm -hmm. but let's, let's hear about your experiences in that. And is, is, is that what draw you into the paranormal? Yeah. You, yes. you, for you, it started very young, right? Yeah. So I've been a lifelong experiencer. I didn't always see spirit, but when I was very young, I, I was aware that they were there. So I would hear footsteps, for example, I would sense their presence. Um, almost every night from the time I was about 10 until I was about 12, I would hear these footsteps going up and down the hallway into my room. Sometimes my bed would depress like somebody was sitting there and nobody believed me in my house either, Charlotte. So I grew up kind of like many people do discounting what I was experiencing. And it, it kind of went on that way. As an adult, occasionally I would encounter something. I talk in our book about a very haunted home that I lived in in the early 90s with my two, this was before I met Joey, with my two young sons. And then when Joey and I got together, things really kind of started to amp up from about 2001 on pretty much every home that we lived in, we were experiencing activity. And so finally, we got to the place where we really wanted to get to the bottom and understand you know what was happening you think it amped up because joey um even though he doesn't think he has abilities he probably does have abilities i think that's a great question i think more i think more so uh we have a daughter who's 21 now Oh, I said that and they said, oh, that can't possibly be right, but it's right. Uh -uh. So we have a daughter. Who started, <laughs> she's a very talented psychic medium and was seeing ghosts and spirits from the time she was four, at least, probably younger. And when she lived with us, that was the big dual psychic battery, Tanya and Jolie. But now I think, yeah, I, I, I think because wherever we go now, so we went to Niagara Falls uh, unexpectedly for our anniversary the day after Christmas. And so it was between the pandemic and it being December in upstate New York, like nobody was around. So we pretty much had this restaurant to ourselves and I saw this little girl dancing around a table and I described how she looked, what she was wearing and her position, she's kind of flirting with me. She's doing that little girl thing where she was kind of making weird poses. And I described it perfectly to Tanya and that's what I was seeing. So I think that's been the journey, living with Tanya and Jolie for almost 20 years. Um, yeah, I think I'm part of the battery club now. <laughs> I think like that's similar to me. I mean, I was seeing a, like, like Tanya's story. I was seeing stuff when I was far. I would see shadow people outside my windows. I would see shadow people in my bedroom. But you know, again, the family. I had a, I had a real vivid imagination too, so the family kind of blew it off to imagination, which is fine. 
But then as I got into ghost hunting and started getting around more psychics and more, mm-hmm. you know, more people like that, then more started happening. Because yeah. Because it was I, opening me up. Exactly. Right. I, I think two things, right? When you, so Nietzsche said, when you stare into the abyss, the abyss stares back at you. And the more we do this work, the more what we're studying and interacting with is studying and interacting us with us. We know that for sure. And our big uh, missing time event in 2009 that really kicked us on our path, um, we were studied. We were studied for an indeterminate amount of time. Uh, Psychological tests, I think for you, some physical tests. So that was really fascinating. so yeah, I think it's that combination of being in the sites and then interacting with it. You agree? Yeah, I definitely think so. No, I think, I, as Charlotte I, said, it opens you up. Yeah, I really want to hear about your missing time thing because that happened to me as well. Oh, oh wow. great! A friend, a friend and I were on a freeway when it happened, but that happened to me as well. So I'm curious to hear about your missing time. Right. So you want to start it off? Sure. So. Uh, in 2007, we moved to West Virginia. We bought a few acres in West Virginia. And at that time, we had uh, recently seen and discovered the movie The Mothman Prophecies. And we loved it. So when we moved to West Virginia, I wanted to know how close we were to Point Pleasant and did a little search on the internet, found out we were only a few hours away. Uh, I was super excited. Joey, on the other hand, not so much. Uh, It took a couple of years for me to convince him that we should go check out the Mothman Museum in Point Pleasant. So finally I did, and we went for the weekend. And of course, you know, it's, it's an amazing town. Totally recommend it for anyone who hasn't been there. Definitely go check it out, check out the Mothman Museum. But anyway, there's an area where the initial sightings back in 1966 uh, occurred of this cryptid, the moth that was later dubbed the Mothman, and it's an area called the TNT. It's just outside of Point Pleasant, and we drove out of town. It was about 2:30 in the afternoon. We drove to this location, which is only about 10 minutes from the downtown area. We got there. It's a wildlife preserve now. It's a beautiful outdoor area. Um, We walked around. It was a beautiful sunny day. And yet something felt off. We felt like we were being watched. Um, We couldn't get out of there fast enough. So if anything, we spent 10, maybe 15 minutes at this uh, TNT area. And we got back in the car and we drove back into town. So altogether, we should have been gone maybe 45 minutes tops. When we got back into town, we realized uh, it was after five. So that's the missing time. I'll let Joey talk about what, what happened to us on the way from the TNT um, back into town. Which we didn't find out about till a decade later, which is what's really interesting. Mm-hmm. What we really knew was, so we went back to the shop where this gentleman named Bob had a shop and he had given us a map and some direction and we wanted to tell him, wow, it's like super creepy there, even though it's beautiful. Looks like Ducks Unlimited feels like we're, you're in a horror movie. This was really bizarre. So as we're driving back though, the two of us all of a sudden turn to each other and say, did you see that? And if we had not done that, we wouldn't be sitting here talking to you and our life would have turned out very, very different. But we both saw what essentially was some kind of being, 
is black against a very blue sky, leap over the road, and disappear into a cornfield, but not move through the cornfield, like blink out at the edge of this cornfield. And again, it was the fact that we said, did you see that? And something instinctually told us, don't tell me exactly what you saw. Let's draw it and compare. And that felt, I think that probably has to do with the missing time, now that I look back on it. But mm -hmm. we gave our card to this guy, Bob. We said, hey, look, we saw this really weird thing. And uh, we're a little confused about how much time has gone by. And he spread the word to some paranormal investigators. One of them was Rosemary Ellen Guiley, world famous. We lost her a couple of years ago. Um, but um, she became a mentor for us for nine years. So she came down to Point Pleasant, uh, the Frick brothers, Tim and John, who were investigators, some other investigators. And we retraveled. We walked the site. And we found out a couple of things. The drive was not as long back as we thought it was, so that was bizarre. I distinctly remember a gas station with colorful flag pinions and rainbow colors is not there and has never been there. And also, we remembered cornfields on both sides of the road where we saw this interdimensional being, and there's a house on the left side of the road, so there certainly was not a cornfield there three months earlier when we had the encounter um and it was in books and we were interviewed about it we were almost on television about it uh there was a, a great deal of interest about what we saw some people wondered if it was the mothman it was not it was some kind of interdimensional being hmm. and we were on a radio show in 2008 no, not 2008. I'm sorry, 2018. Yeah, I was thinking, no. <laughs> and and the host said, aren't you curious? Like, ha why haven't you gotten hypnotic regression? And that was like a huge aha moment for us, even though we had now been investigators and professionally been investigators and had a book out and, you know, for almost a decade. So we did that. Uh, we got it done separately. It was recorded. And you want to talk about what we found out? Yeah. It was a it was last October and November. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So during so Joey was regressed first, and then subsequently I was re, re, about a month later. Yep, about a month later. So in his regression, uh, he recalled seeing uh, a creature that was a lot like a deer, but it had very large eyes, almost like a gray alien. Um, he recalled as we were driving down the road, we just suddenly uh, were in another scene and it was uh, like the scenic outdoor. There was a barn. It was very vivid. It looked like a Hollywood set. And my mind is going, why is the stainless steel silo so clean? And why are there animals? And boy, that barn looks like it was built yesterday. And the grass kind of looks like AstroTurf. And they were doing some kind of these beings we're doing some kind of experiment to see if I could get sucked into the delusion, get sucked into the set. Huh. And and I just wouldn't. And I've had I had surgery for some kidney stones and and some things, and they had a very hard time putting me under. And I'm a very curious guy, and my curiosity, you know, kind of and it was that sort of thing. They were saying, not a good candidate, not a good candidate, not a good candidate. And then they either simultaneously after they switched to you. 
So during my regression, it was very similar where at the beginning of the regression, we, we both were in that TNT area where we were both feeling very strange back in mm-hmm. 2009. And for me, I then was inside some sort of room. Uh, perhaps later, I, I thought maybe even a craft. It was hard to tell. I really couldn't see anything except that I got a sense of, of there being sort of like a, a circular you know, shape to the room that I was in. It was very dark. I couldn't see anything. I was on a table and, and there were these lights. And then I, I realized at one point that there, there was a being in the room with me and I could only see like part of the face, but the sense that I was getting was that it was very similar to a gray, um, only slightly different in that the the shape of the head was a little bit different. The coloring was a little bit different. But again, it was dark, so it was kind of hard to see. But from there, then I was transported to this outside. Um, I was in the woods. Uh, there was a dog there. There was a like a stream running by. I had no idea where I was. And I was hearing something off in the distance. And I should mention that at no time during any of this was I... Um, worried or, you know, fearful. I wasn't stressed out. I was just sort of kind of like observing the whole thing, like matter of factly, okay, here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. And I'm hearing this when I'm in the woods. It made me think of like um, uh, Bigfoot sounds, some kind of strange animal sounds coming from off in the distance. And, um, and then the next thing I know, I'm back in the, in the cylindrical room on this table again and then the table kind of tilts up and so instead of laying down I'm you know vertical and then at at some point I just start moving toward this door and the door kind of slides open next thing I know I'm like back in the in the car and it's right before we see this being cross the road and the car at one point was translucent. That was for you. Yeah. yeah and your regression. And and that's where I saw the garage. It was called Sonny's Garage. And so uh, we went on a little bit there, Charlotte. But that's that's kind of the story. That's interesting because when you talk about seeing it, you know, seeing it like it wasn't, that happened to me in that when I was driving. And, to, and we both witnessed it um, when I was a kid. I, you know, the, the hatchbacks, right? So when I was a kid, I used to lay in the back of the hatchback and, and, and you know, look up as they were driving mm-hmm. down the freeway. And all the freeways on, on this highway out here had had vines on them. And I remember that. And so it was just like evening time and we're driving out to go to the movies in this town, maybe about, maybe about 10 minutes out of Sacramento. And we're driving and all of a sudden everything changed. It was like I saw, I, I saw like, like, Things got wavy for a second. And then all the freeway overpasses had vines. And I was looking out the car and I was telling my friend, I said, you know, there's no lights. There's no city lights. Where where are all the lights? Next thing we know, it's an hour and a half later. And we're like, we're like, like three towns away. Wow. Yeah, so so it's weird. Like, was it contactee? Was it abductee? Yeah. We we weren't asked, and it wasn't voluntary. Not really. So that would make it abductee. But like Tanya said, we never felt threatened, violated. Uh, we don't feel like we were 
exper we were experimented on, but not in any kind of real traumatic way or anything like that. Not in that, like a physical way. Right. So, so it was very much like some schools of thought that talk about, well, these beings are just kind of, we're sort of unique and they're studying us and really trying to get to learn us. And our experience would fall under that category. Did you have multiple uh, visitations after, uh, afterwards or, or did, was it just the one time you think? Wow, that's that's a really good question. How would you respond to that? So I, I've been, even before this, I was always curious because for many years I've wondered, like I'll wake up in the morning and, uh, you know, I'll have like finger marks on my arms or on my legs, you know, like bruising. And there's there's no explanation for how it got there. Um, you know, I've had, you know, things where, uh, you know, maybe my pajamas are not quite on right, like over the years. And, and I've always kind of joke, jokingly said, ah, the aliens came for me again. But I never really like, you know, was quite serious about it. But after that, you know, now I, I wonder a little bit more when that happens. Yeah, because a lot of people, when, when they do get taken like that, oh, I have a dog in here. Oh, I didn't know it. <laughs> so I hear somebody breathing, and I'm wondering, you know, where it's coming from. Oh, God. <laughs> um, you know, when you hear like that, when people have abductions like that, they, they do end up with, with multiple visits. Because mm -hmm. whatever they took from you the first time, maybe, you know, I'm just throwing this out there, you know, maybe yeah. they impregnated you, you don't know that, you know. And then they've come back to, to get the fetus or, or whatever. So I'm just why I was curious about it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard for me to think that there's some big eyed thing that looks like me up there, but you know. <laughs> well, I, you, you've had a, as far as reproduction, you've had a interesting experience since then when we've never thought of it in those terms. Right. But for me, um, I astral travel. And okay. when I do, I kind of collect space drunk in my field. Tanya's a Reiki master. So right. I kind of need my field cleared out every once in a while. And I do spend a lot of times in um, parallel dimensions in okay. like where I have slightly different lives than this one. Sometimes when I wake up in the morning, it's very confusing. I'm panicked about deadlines and projects and where's that folder. And so, and that is all very much pro, uh, post that visitation. So I think that's how it's manifesting for me. Um, and then, so, so you, do you think you, you've had? I mean, I still, I, I don't know. I think that um, I still feel like I would need more, more evidence of mm -hmm. something more than finger marks, something more than, you know, you know, maybe I just forgot how I put my pajama top on. I was tired. Like I need, right. I need a little more proof than 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 that. But it does make me wonder. You did see, you did see that interdimensional. You weren't the only one. There were two other people there, but you saw that hairy interdimensional being at the Webb Memorial Library to, during our two-year investigation. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that was in twenty seventeen, mm -hmm. summer of twenty seventeen, um, and I heard it. And you heard it. And I've seen a spectral men in black um, when we were investigating the web library in North Carolina. So, the, I mean, if, if, you, if I were to pull together all the experiences, including dreams, um, like I say, waking up with strange things, uh, you know, it, it does make me wonder. It definitely makes me wonder about it. You know, something I've, I've always wondered, too, after reading a lot of these abduction books, like the abduction of the Mojave, what happened to that couple? That, was spooky. that one was spooky. 
Yeah. And it makes you wonder, because as ghost hunters, you know, these EVPs that we're getting, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that these aliens can, can be shadows, they can walk through walls, they can do all that. If what we're really hunting isn't, you know, the, the, the deceased, but it's, it's a par- maybe it's a parallel dimension or it's these mm-hmm. aliens. I, you, you know, thank you. You've, we've done this 50, 60 times with different people. You're asking some questions that have never been asked before. Thank you uh, for that. It's wonderful. It's really making us think in a new way, which is great. Um, I was wondering that too, because I was thinking we've seen race and we've seen shadow people. Uh, we've seen different things. And, and what is that line? We don't know what that line is between aliens, ghosts, spirits, mm-hmm. uh, non-human entities that aren't necessarily interplanetary, but might be a parallel dimension that's very different than what we think of of outer space or ETs. So as far as that goes, yeah, we've had a ton, mm-hmm. a ton of experiences. Um, Tagi and I are very drawn to portals too since okay. that time since 2009 so we either live on property with portals we've lived in two different houses where there were portals very close by um which maybe begs the case that there are portals everywhere and we're just not tuned into them mm-hmm. um and also to to um well we're working a case right now remotely because of the pandemic and those people have a portal in their house so we just seem to be drawn to portals the web library had a mm-hmm. had a portal for sure it was a very provocative question and i think that's where it it falls under the umbrella for us mm-hmm. very interesting tell me about but let's talk about par- parallel universes okay for, for a second it's deep thought we're having really deep thoughts tonight guys and um you know it's interesting to think about that because you know there's, there's the thought that but like you say you had you live in other parallel universes you visit them so is it really far-fetched to say that, say, a deceased loved one who, you know, who dies isn't living in somewhere else, do you think? I, so when I do, as a medium, when I do readings for people, the way that I see, for lack of a better way to describe it, um, the way that I see this, the spirit people, they show me that they're essentially just in another dimension. It looks very much like this three-dimensional reality that we're experiencing, except that it's much more vivid. The colors are much more just vivid. Um, and, And they show me that they're oftentimes doing very similar things to what they did here. They're driving cars, they're fishing, they're, you know, they're doing their gardening, they're doing all these things. So I have come to the belief that that's exactly what it is, that when we drop our physical body, there's another dimension close to this one, a non-physical dimension that that we experience. And it's very much like this reality, only better. I was going to say, I mean, do they have the same stressors that, that we have in this dimension? I if they do, I have I haven't had that conversation with the spirit okay. people when they come through. Um, like I say, they show me, they joke about, oh, now, you know, I'm driving this. They'll show me like classic cars, and I'll ask, you know, was your dad really into classic cars? Yeah, he loved them, and you know, and they'll show me that they're doing those things or or fishing, for example. They, so they they also do present as their best selves. 
Yeah. They're young, they're healthy. They're younger, they're they're for you know, they usually come at the peak of their, you know, like their twenties or thirties or wherever the best time in their life was. I always say that's I mean, why wouldn't you? That's what I'm gonna right. do. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna come through I, I as suck to end up like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's it 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 seems like all the things that we try to practice on on this plane of existence, so manifesting and positive thinking and creating your own reality, they're able to do that. Their vibration is so high, they're out of this container that keeps our vibration low. And so they take full they take full advantage of that. Yeah, I think yeah. that they, they can essentially just, you know, they can transport someplace just by thinking about it, you know, if, if they want to be with you or, or say, you know, there's a loved one across the continent, they can instantly, you know, be there or um, whatever scene that they want to experience, maybe their favorite, you know, childhood home. I think that they can, because there's no physical limitation to it. Interesting. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Do, do they miss us over there? Or are they just too, or are they having a good old time driving their custom cars and stuff? They don't miss us because they don't need to because they're around us all the time. I mean, they can come and experience us and they watch us. And and again, when I do readings, oftentimes they'll tell me like um, your dad wants to talk about the other day when you were like goofing around in the kitchen, dancing around. And, you know, he's saying that he was there and he enjoyed watching you. And so they're with us. So they don't need to miss us and they really don't want us to miss them. Because okay. they want us to know that they're around us all the time and they can hear us. We can talk to them. Interesting. So, Joey, what is it like seeing yourself in a parallel universe? You know, I don't. It's like okay. a POV shot, right? Okay. So okay. I make films sometimes and it's really like a point of view shot. I okay. see I see the work. Um, and I, I tend to see very limited stuff, but there's, there's an odd an odd little story and it just happened about a month ago so um my point of view expanded out and i see on my desk this little statue statue of sir uh bedivere from monty python's the holy grail okay. who does uh there are ways to tell a witch and it's this cool bust and it's it's him from here up and at the bottom there's like a black base and in gold letters, it says, there are ways of telling. And I said, whoa, that's an unusual detail. I never see my space. So when I woke up, and I have it here on my mic stand, um, I made one. Oh, cool. To try to connect. Yeah, because the... the Figures are like wicked expensive, and they and they didn't look. There wasn't like a bust of Sir Bedivere, so I made this and I printed it out to kind of keep in contact. So I do similar work, mm -hmm. but slightly different. Um, and they're different than dreams. So I know it is this parallel universe thing. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what it's like. I never get a look at me. <laughs> You know? That's interesting. I never yeah. thought about, you know, being able to like travel as me, you know, like you say, to look through the, the, my eyes to, at my other, what my other life would be in a parallel universe. I, I don't, I, right now I can't control it. Um, 
So I don't, so my OBEs are kind of spontaneous and, and mostly in that liminal zone. And it was Tanya and some other either shamans or Reiki masters, people like that brought it to my attention. And then I kind of started to pay attention to it. So that's a skill I'm trying to develop. It would nice, it'd be nice to leave with the silver thread and really go out and explore. So that's a discipline that I'm working on now. Interesting. Can you guys tell me, you don't have to use names, but uh, can you tell me about one of your more interesting cases that you've worked on? You choose one that, that you find. Oh, there's so many. Um, I, well, let's just go with one that we're working on right now. That was my thought. It really is fascinating. Um, and it's slightly different than, well, they're all, obviously they're all different, but this one's very, very different than anything we've worked on so far. So we were contacted. Somebody heard us on a, on a radio. The same show, program you did. The same one that you heard us on, and um, reached out to us and said, uh, "You know, I would normally never do anything like this. I'm normally quite, you know, skeptical about these things, but there's really something going on at our house, and we could really use help because we have no idea what to do." So um, we had a Zoom meeting. Well, let's take Charlotte through the process quickly. Sure, sure. You so the past 14 months have been a real challenge. You can't jump in the car and go and do a site visit. Now, luckily, Tanya has a skill, and I shouldn't say luckily because she's developed it, and now I'm beginning to develop it. But she can look at a photo, and it's like she's in the space. So I said to him, here's how – what he had heard a little bit on the show, as you probably did. We like uh -huh. to know virtually nothing. So that intuition and checking in can really work. And, and we're developing our remote viewing skills. We're working with some protocols that Russell Targ used at Stanford Institute and training with that. And anyway, um, I said, just send me some pictures of the outside of the house. Half a dozen if you'd like, but certainly, you know, front, back and sides. So he sent the pictures and we saw these Native Americans in battle on this property. Um, we'll just say that it's the state in the in the US Plains area to protect, really protect the client. Um, and so I wrote back to him and I said, okay, here's what we're seeing. And he said, wow, that's in line with what we know of the history. What do you wanna do next? So I said, why do you, you wanna send us some pictures of the inside and of the surrounding property? So he sent a picture of the garage and two pictures of the property. I think they have about 60 acres they, they bought maybe about a year ago. Um, and, and what did you see in the garage? Because that was the one that really opened the doors. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when I'm looking at a picture, I'm just trying to tune in with, you know, what's happening in the space, like energetically. When I was looking at the picture of the garage, I, I was seeing things flying off the shelves and I was hearing like banging up against the, the metal garage door. So I knew that that was the activity that was taking place in the garage. So, and then, right. And then, and we saw again, the, the native Americans and you saw some on horseback. Mm -hmm. So we, we just sent him that information. Keep in mind, he had now just sent us nine pictures and that's it. We didn't actually even know where he lived. We did. I, I want to say we, we didn't know, know the state. I think we knew maybe the we state. just knew we the state, the but we didn't know the town, no address, yeah. only knew his name because it was the same as his email. Um, so he writes back in all capital letters. Wow. 
like we need to like can you guys do a virtual walkthrough of the house so that was uh coming up on two weeks friday mm -hmm. and just walk from room to room like we would in the physical space and you saw the portal in the one room and figures the deceased owner of the house you picked him right out of a chair and it was just the guy was just kind of going yeah that happens and and tanya was what's what happens in the kitchen and he's like my wife came home and all the chairs were faced in the wrong direction and every cabinet in the kitchen was open so it was this classic classic poltergeist activity so you want to talk a little bit about there's three or four different kinds of spirits i guess in the house right so as he was again i didn't want to know anything i had him like i what i will do is i just wait to see where i get pulled first so I first I said I'm getting pulled to a bedroom. I feel like there's a lot of activity activity happening in at least one of the bedrooms. Do you know what you know? Does this mean something to you? And he knew immediately. So he took me to a bedroom. In that bedroom, I was seeing one of the um, indigenous people connected to the land, and I was okay. describing. I was like, "You feel like you're being watched when you're sleeping," and he was like, "Yeah, especially my wife." I said, does she feel like somebody, like I see somebody like touching and pulling on her foot when she's asleep? He said, yes, that's been happening. So I was able to talk about, you know, what I was getting in terms of, you know, what that spirit wanted, why he was there. And we just kind of went room by room. And that's basically, you know, I, I was saying, okay, the chairs are moving in here. This is what's going on here. This is, um, so they have different different spirits there's uh several indigenous people connected to the land uh he shared with us that what had happened um particularly around the time of the trail of tears and they took uh like four different uh tribes seven seven i'm sorry three independent tribes and four tribes have been consolidated against their will into mm -hmm. one umbrella which caused animosity and and they were kept on you know basically the entire town where he lives was was made into a, a like a part-time reservation at that time so th there was a lot of activity connected to that but there was also the previous owner of the home and i was seeing and it, it was funny because he was so out of time with all of the indigenous people that i was seeing because it was clear that they were from like the 1800s um, and then I saw this totally modern guy just kind of hanging out in their recliner and smoking a pipe. And he was like, oh, yeah, I totally know who that is. That's like the former owner. He was a Marine. And um, so he was not a problem at all. And then there's a dark uh, entity that I'm not quite sure what it is. Um, so when he took me in their baby's room, I was seeing this just dark entity walking like a shadow figure um and i was like this is this is what's happening in this room there's a shadow figure it keeps walking by and he was describing that that's what they were picking up on the camera they had a camera in the baby's room i'm not sure what that is but i came up with um working with my spirit guides some solutions for how to work with that how to clear the room Mm -hmm. And he's done that, and it seems to have helped. Because it got serious. Some of the indigenous are benevolent and are oh. trying to protect this family, and some are very angry that there are still yeah. people on the property that shouldn't be there. And uh, the wife, who's a sensitive but has not had any training on how to control it, turn mm -hmm. it on and off, protect herself, 
you know, she gets pushed, shoved, all these different things happen. So she lost it one day. And the basement is very, very active, especially with an angry, like, tribal elder. Right. He's extremely angry. He's banging and throwing stuff off the walls. And she went down and she made that mistake of yelling and screaming and get out of my house and cursing and all of this. She hears her child scream on the baby monitor. And we say a baby, but he's a toddler. She goes, she runs upstairs to his room and he's standing on his day bed or whatever. And he has a bright red slap mark across his face. So as investigators, for anyone who's listening and wants to dabble or watches reality shows and wants to go out, and um, this can get very real. You're talking about a toddler uh, that was slapped full in the face by, by not a demon or anything, but some kind of very angry energy. So you're sitting there talking to these people like we're talking to you now through the miracle of technology, and you're going... We better get this right. We better get this right. So um, so we're meeting with them in two days, but, you know, Sage, Palo Santo, move the boy out of the room, some strategies for closing the portal. You worked with your guides to close this portal. Um, and luckily, what you want to hear happened. Um, things did not ratchet up, which we warned them, you know, sometimes as you're trying to clear, there's a pushback. There wasn't that, luckily, and things have been quiet. So Tanya's been able, yeah, Tanya's been able to talk with them, not in crisis mode. And you know, with your own group, we want right. to go in, we want to calm it down, we want to calm them down. Because mm -hmm. um, once you're into that oppression phase, which they were right on the edge of, right, right. from infestation to oppression, um, then it gets way out of hand and you're playing catch up. So well, that's the thing. Dealing with Native American spirits, wow, like it can get touchy because yeah. they're usually very unhappy that you're on their land. Right. It, uh, what What I felt is he completely understood, um, you know, the trials that they endured. And mm -hmm. he really wanted to be, he didn't want to be the owner of that land. He wanted to be the custodian of it. And I feel like he's the exact right person to have purchased that property. So what we suggested is, you know, traditionally um, with a lot of uh, indigenous uh, cultures, tobacco is is something that, you know, you use to, to offer, you know, to show your respect. So we suggested making some tobacco offerings and talking to them and saying, hey, I understand. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for what you endured. I'm not trying to take over your property. I'm just here to be the custodian of it. And then I did work with my guides to offer, you know, the opportunity for many of them to cross over. Um, and it's never about like forcing. Um, it's here's the opportunity if you would like to do it. And if not, we respect that. And that's your choice. But I was able to work with my spirit guides and many of them did cross over. So hopefully over time, more will want to cross over as well. Is that portal going to be there forever? No, I feel like uh, the portal is uh, just part. Uh, I feel like the opening of it has to do with a lot of the energy, um, the emotional energy that's being released by, you know, what took place there. And I feel like the more um, that we can get to cross over, the less active that portal will become.
And the question I have too is, um, can, for everybody out there, can portals be closed once they're opened? Yes. We had a portal in our house here, and and this is really an interesting portal. Um, when the when the shutdown happened and Tanya was seeing clients, she she was doing it in our living room, and back behind her, people would say there's some kind of weird shadow up in your ceiling or we would be doing our live show that we weekly do uh, into the outer realms. And people would say, you have the shadow passing or we were talking to a friend who's a psychic medium. And he said, oh, this guy in a Quaker hat uh, just is passing by and this old lady. So we're like, there's a lot of active, there's so much random activity in that area of the house. Sounds like a portal. So Tanya checked in with her guides. Sure enough, it's a portal. You need to close it. How that portal opened up, though, was we don't know how long ago, but there's a beautiful hawthorn tree on our property, a strong, strong fairy presence. And the fairies would dance in a circle long before our house was there, right in where the corner of the house is. And so this portal came up just through their dancing and through their sort of vortex energy and so we got guidance it took two and a half weeks but we got guidance on how to step by step how to close the portal and the house is much much quieter since the then. house has been a lot quieter but something that was really interesting is shortly after we found out that it was you know like a fairy circle that initially opened up that portal in that corner of the house there was a fairy circle that showed up right in front of the hawthorn tree. This had never happened in our three years of living here. Yeah, they're just this so band of dark grass. Distinct. They have uh, a picture of it. Yeah. yeah. And it, it really what it made me think of, and there has been an association of the similarities between fairies, fairy lore, and UFO, uh, alien, uh, you know, contact and abduction. Right. And it really, this really large... Um, circle made me think like it looks like a craft landed in our front yard oh that's so, interesting mm -hmm. but yes we were able to get the uh, portal to close and the activity still every once in a while uh, i'll pick up somebody uh, and joey's getting a lot better with his psychic abilities it's Can you see very, it in it's very hard it's very hard to see you, do you kind of see a circle of dark grass there? Yeah, I can see it a little bit. Over the, yeah, yeah it just the, the, the camera was trying to adjust to it. But right in front of that is the hawthorn tree where we leave okay. in the crooks of the arm. We leave uh, marbles, uh, any kind of shiny object, cream. cream. Uh, the fairies were very helpful in closing the portal that had been opened up a long time ago. So. So my question now is, with both of you being sensitive, is there chances that you're going to reopen that portal by accident? Oh, we're very, very careful. You, you know, we... It's a great question. Yeah. Um, we don't investigate in our home. Now, <laughs> when we first moved in, we wanted to get the lay of the land, so we would run the spirit boxes. But the, but the guy who used to own this house and, and built it... Built it. Um, he does not have a lot of patience for modern electronics. He doesn't like my toys and collectibles that I have everywhere. So it took a long time with him. And so the communication boxes were helpful. Uh, there's a maximum security prison a quarter mile from our house. 
and we get a lot of energy and a lot of activity from that place. Um, luckily, there is a Native American spirit who kind of guards the threshold. And acts as a sentry. Yeah, he sort of acts as a sentry on the on the energetic border. Um, so we try our best um, to not turn the equipment on in the house. We don't do mm -hmm. spirit boards or seances or anything like that. Um, just, you know, doing these shows and doing our own show several times weekly, you're talking about this stuff. So it does catch the attention. I, I do notice we have the most problems when we do shows in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. So a California show that broadcasts at 11 or 12 at night, we're up two, three in the morning. We will usually get some shadow activity or some dark things that try to take advantage of us. We've been up for a long time. Our guard is down. We've been talking about these things, but we're so careful, Charlotte, wherever we go. The protection is up. The white light is flowing. You know, we've learned not to have follow homes and attachments. You know, we learned the hard way. See, in my situation, when I go out and I come back, I can tell when something's come home with me because it's not the ones that are here. Mm -hmm. I know what's here. I, I know what the energy is here. So if something weird starts happening, like, like, uh, like one time a hairbrush went flying off a table, I'm like, I'm going, nope, that's, <laughs> that's not my relatives you know yeah. so yeah i agree with you. you you have to have that that protection when you're out you have to i know a habit we got into and i learned this early on was as you step out of the building tell them all to stay you know yeah. That's, yeah. that's where they belong do not you know do not follow me home you have to stay here yeah 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 one I thing we used to do in north carolina we had the opportunity if we uh the web library that we investigated there sometimes the energy in there was just so intense and so heavy because there was a portal in there. Sometimes we would just go to the ocean and just stand at the ocean and let the, the salt water just kind of cleanse our aura. I know investigators also that will go home and just get rid of whatever, whatever they, they were wearing during, during the investigation. Mm -hmm. Oh, just, yeah. yeah. We've, we've never, we've never had to do that. And we've been really lucky. Um, we, we had one very mischievous young man, a teenager, come to our house and just wanted to make life difficult in the kitchen for three or four days. So knocked an egg off the counter, knocked a gallon of milk over in the refrigerator, put a little plastic uh, bread tie in the oven when I nice. had it turned on. Yeah, um, that that was our That's that was our, our big one. But luckily, no, no attachments, knock on, on wood that uh, really stirred things up. So our learning curve was kind of shallow in that way. The haunted silver dollar, that was a drag. Mm -hmm. You wanna? Yeah, yeah so... let's hear about that. You opened it up, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> I know, you gotta Yeah, it's, it's, it's worth hearing, I promise. Go for it. So, so one evening we're, we're doing an investigation at the web library and um, it was kind of open to the public so people could sign up and you never quite knew, you know, who was gonna show up and we had, uh, oddly enough, a bachelorette party um, join, and there was another group of four people who were together, and the bachelorette party kind of just showed up completely inebriated. So they were just a handful. They were kind of wrecking the vibe of the whole thing because they weren't taking anything serious, and they were just being belligerent and obnoxious. And um, we basically were able to sort of 
falsely end the investigation early to kind of get them out of there because we felt really bad for the other four people. Two of which were sensitive. Who were all, yeah, very empathic, very sensitive, and they were serious and really wanted, you know, to have a serious investigation. So we allowed them to stay. We stayed like an hour later. Uh, we stayed well beyond what we normally would. We were able to do some amazing work. There was someone we crossed over. Uh, but at one point, we were in this particular room. And um, one of those investigators, as she stood up, I saw a coin, a port right at hip level. I mean, it wasn't there. And it just like out of thin air, it just showed up and then dropped and hit the floor. Well, by that time, I was pretty exhausted from dealing with these drunken women all night and trying to navigate that. And it was later than, than usual. So I wasn't thinking very clearly. And instead of keeping it as evidence, I just said to the woman, oh, it happened in front of you. So it must be meant for you. So, you know, you take this home. Let me just get some pictures of it. Well, that was a mistake. So she took the coin home and you, you want to share about the email that you got? About three weeks or a month later, I get an email. And she says, let me tell you a story about that coin. Um, it terrorized their dog, who I believe was an Alaskan husky. There's mm -hmm. a pretty big dog named Axel. Axel, we apologize. But whatever room this coin was in, the dog didn't want to go in the room or freaked out fellows. And finally, after about three or four weeks, uh, she came home from work and Axel was fine. And... She said to her husband, wow, like Axel's fine. And he said, yeah, I, I took that silver dollar to the bank. I gave it to the bank. <laughs> so now that coin it's is somebody else's problem. Somebody and this baby is a hot potato coin. We really so, should have kept it. <laughs> you know, there, aren't, there are schools, I suppose, for this kind of thing. But really, you learn in the field. It's on-the-job training. We don't make excuses. We've never made excuses in the book about the web investigation. We cop to the fact we've made a mistake. That object should have been warded, put someplace safe, certainly shouldn't have been given to a guest investigator. And luckily, it was just, just the dog. And anybody who's a dog owner, I'm not making light of that. Um, but it could have it could have been worse. So that was a really really valuable lesson. And the universe has not given us any other reported objects since. No. So we failed that test. Failed and we test. are we are not to be custodians <laughs> of reported objects. So we kind of blew that four years ago. But um, yeah, you learn you learn in the field. We did 150 hours just in the web library, um, and and learned a tremendous amount. Um, brought in 575 guest investigators over two years, um, which we figured about 5% were sensitive psychics, mediums. Uh, some had clairaudience. So it was a great uh, school for you. It, it was a wonderful a great confirmation. Yeah. yeah. It was really where I began to trust my mediumship abilities because prior to that, I dismissed not everything but mostly I dismissed everything as my imagination. And then having the opportunity to be in a place like the web with other psychics going, you know, I'd be seeing someone in overalls in a corner and not say anything. And somebody else would go, there's a guy in overalls standing over in the corner. And it's like, okay, I'm not imagining this. 
That's interesting. You know what you were saying about it, it's, it's a learning curve. It's, it's always a learning curve. I had a good friend of mine um, do a lecture at one of the county libraries here, and that's what she said. She said, anybody that comes up in this paranormal field and says that they're an expert and they know it all is not an expert because, because there's no experts. Exactly. Agreed. That's what we always say. There, there, nobody can be an expert in this. No. No, you're forever learning stuff. I mean, my team has made a mistake. I, I admit that we've made a few, a couple of doozies <laughs> over the years. You know, it's not good to laugh about, but it is. You can laugh about it now because it's 15 mm -hmm. years later. But I mean, there are mistakes made that people don't, you know, realize sometimes. And sometimes you walk into a case and you think, you know, I'm in over my head. I got to get somebody else in here to, to help me deal with this. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have a whole team. Um, we tend to go in the field up on our own. So we don't, we don't have a, a team per se, but we have advisors who can analyze photos and our technical experts who are psychics and mediums, send them a photo. What, what do you think? This is what we're getting. You had an experience where um, about six months ago, where a woman was working hospice. And as she hugged this man at the end of his life, he kind of jumped in and attached. And wow. he wound up, uh, after death, he was being very fresh with her, let's say. Got Ooh. the wrong idea about that hug and wanted <laughs> to pursue the relationship from from the grave. And uh, you brought in a second medium to help you mm -hmm. um, solve that. So, yeah, it's there have been cases that we haven't been able to get to a positive or satisfactory outcome because mm -hmm. of different factors. It's hard these days. A, a lot of clients have a lot of bad preconceptions mm -hmm. because of reality television. Right, right. Um, about what you're going to do and how you're going to work and, and everything's a demon. We had this right. poor young suicide who had lived in the house prior, or his parents did, and he would take refuge there. So about a year and a half, whatever in-between zone, whatever purgatory he was in, after his suicide, he emerged back on this plane and immediately went to that safe zone. And the woman was convinced, even though we played an EVP of a young man saying help, uh -huh. it was just help. And yes, he was frustrated and he had this head wound. He was knocking things over. Um, he was whispering, he, he was making his presence known, but she's, it's a demon. And he's trying to plant a demon seed in me. And, and we, we had to suggest that she seek counseling. She seek help. And, and she, this woman, and Charlotte, you probably know this happens. There are people who do what we do, but don't do it very well. And they right. give very bad advice. So now you have to go in and you have to undo. Undo it all. Yeah, which, you know, so the stakes are super high. So that's part, that keeps you very humble, too. So this field, this work keeps us incredibly humble. So people go around and say, Oh, I'm an expert and I did this and I did that. And hey, I'm on Facebook Live and watch me tackle this demon. I don't think you've ever come face to face with evil mm. if that's your position, because it will it will make you fear and be very, very humble. And what yeah. these I don't want to say idiots, we're just gonna say what these people don't realize too is that it may not get you right then. Mm -hmm. But somewhere down the line, something is going to happen because it's gonna lay in wait. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, time means nothing to them. So 
Yeah, it's like a bad flashback or something. It'll come out. Yeah, it'll come. No, and we've talked to colleagues like that who, oftentimes, they'll get out of the field. They'll sell all their stuff and they'll go. Mm -hmm. I just I'm afraid now, and mm -hmm. they can trace it back to. Yeah, another great point. And I agree with you with that with the paranormal TV shows. I remember back in the day when you went out on investigations and it was Uncle Bob. Yeah. You know, or was there or was a grandmother that had passed or some yeah. a former homeowner or whatever. Now all the calls that come in, oh, I know it's a demon. Yeah. Yeah. I said, well, how do you know that? I just know. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. I've been on cases where we've walked in and um, they've got religious icons all over the walls of the house. I know we got a demon here. Mm -hmm. And I said, you see all that stuff on the wall? And the guy's like, yeah. I said, well, if you had a demon here, that would not be on the wall. Wouldn't be there. Yeah. No. That would be down yeah. on the floor broken. So it, it, it makes it really difficult because you have to go in with, with kid gloves on these cases. Yeah. 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 Like we were talking about, you have to calm them down, mm -hmm. reassure them, and then take them step by step through what you're doing and exactly mm -hmm. why you're doing it. And we explain, we use a fairly limited kit, um, which works. Uh, you, you, you know, you heard us on that show and, and we had callers, which is always nerve wracking, right? <laughs> callers. And, and we basically say that probably at least 90 to 95% of what we encounter used to be human. Mm -hmm. or is otherwise benevolent, maybe misunderstood, certainly mm -hmm. not demonic. And this guy called up and said, oh, my grandmother dated a Japanese Tengu demon, and you people are totally flipped. 90% of what's haunting us is demonic. And you're mm -hmm. like, oh, no, no, <laughs> no, no, please don't tell people that because, you know, then everybody's a hero. And when you do run into something dark, like you said, it's uh, it's – it's not like, it's not a simple thing. Well, it's like you say with some of these teams. I'm not, I don't want to cut anybody, but, you know, there's a couple particular teams that I know of that I, I know I had this gentleman get a hold of me for advice, and he claimed he had three demon cases going on at once in the same county. And I'm mm -hmm. going, I don't think so, dude. Yeah. It doesn't work. that they, they don't come up that often. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's when you can tell that people aren't on the level doing this, you know, because yeah. they're, they're claiming they're doing demon cases so they can be the famous ghost hunter and, and all this, you know, the, the demon killer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and exactly. It's right. It's, it's awful for what we do. And, and, and it makes us ha have to walk on eggs around everybody else because people expect certain things. Have you found when you go out real quick here, when you go out on investigations that people want all those goodies that are on TV, all that equipment? They want to see uh, we have I, I think we bring I think we bring enough stuff. So we bring a video camera, we bring an audio recorder, we bring an EMF meter, we bring a temperature gauge. I think we have enough stuff in our box. So, you know, we don't have a REM pod, we don't have a three in one, we don't have some of these other you know things, but um we've been very we've been very lucky. And I think Tanya being a psychic medium that's the core of what we do yeah and i i think her demeanor and, and how approachable she is and she's not like oh no i'm sensing this and i'm you know the <laughs> drama element sometimes right uh, i think right. because she's 
she's so eminently uh, trustworthy and puts people uh -huh. at ease. Um, I think they're just as happy that we're not setting up a thousand cameras and have flash bombs going off and REM pods lighting up. And, and uh, that's, that's kind of what we found. That's true. You know, I think we take out enough, like you say, but there are people that go, well, why don't you have this piece of equipment? Why aren't mm -hmm. you using this? Yeah. Because I don't believe in this. You know, I don't believe just like a lot of, you know, I know you probably use spirit boxes. I have my issues with them because I don't mind using them in a rural area. Mm -hmm. But when you're using them in a, in a big city, yeah. is where I have my issues with them because of all the radio stations and all the communications going on. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a good point. We use the PSA 11. Um, I have two of them. You know, I use a primary and a backup. Um, yeah. But but honestly, Charlotte, now 10 years in, and three years doing this, you know, where we're going into people's homes and we're being invited to talk about these things and all this kind of thing. Um, we like to use dousing rods. Yes, no communications. Yeah. So I still use the box. Uh, typically, I'll put the box somewhere. We used to carry it around, and I would have conversations with it. I think you do, after hundreds of hours, you get a feel for what's radio and what is it. Mm -hmm. And the sine waves, when you put it into a program like Audacity or something like that, you can see what's yeah. radio. It shows yeah. up different in waveform. Right. But all things considered, when we can when we can just use the dousing rods, simple yes no answers, um, and and we're talking to more and more investigators that dousing rods are in their kit. So some people are going ultra high tech, and we're going back to, you know, back to dousing rods, and and I think that's a good way to go. Yeah, yeah, we, we use it a lot. Well, this just blew by. This was fun. Yeah. Thank I you. Yes. This was great. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to get you on again at some point to talk about more stuff, if that's okay. Yes, please. Yeah. yeah. Great. But anyway, why don't you tell everybody about your, you know, where, where to find your website, where to get your books? So I'm going to go ahead with the website and your website and our show and sure. the books quick. Sure. So my website is just my name, TanyaMedia.com. Uh, you can find us both on Facebook, uh, Tanya Medea Medium. Uh, Joey's Joey Medea. We have Into the Outer Realms. Please find us there. You can listen to our show on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you. Through the same platform, StreamYard on Facebook okay, and YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. Right and then we, we have, we have three books. Um, this is Tanya's Living the Intuited Life, Culting Extraordinary Awareness. Then we talked about the web so much. So, so we got an offer to write a book. Uh, watch out for the hallway, our two-year investigation of the most haunted library in North Carolina. So again, two years, 150 hours. We learned so much there. And our latest book is Roommates from Beyond, How to Live in a Haunted Home. So there's got lots of cases, how do's, all the things we've been talking with Charlie about tonight. And they're available on Amazon, or you can contact us through Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, and uh, we'll send you an autograph copy. Uh, you know, for the same price. All right. Thank you very much, you guys. Thank I'm you. To to look forward to talking to you soon. This was fun. Okay. Yes, Thank you. Have a good Thank evening. You. You good night. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, that was fun, and I made it. No dogs.
no dog problems, nothing falling over. So that's a good sign. Probably the breathing I heard is her probably laying out the door waiting for me. Anyway, Monday's show is going to be a pre-recorded show with Melody Channel. See, I did it right. I've been, I've been calling her Chanel, but Melody Channel. Melanie Channel is a, I think, a, a numbers astrologer, and she has written this great book about, you know, how to utilize astrology numbers to help you in your life and in your future endeavors. So we, I interviewed her along with my, uh, along with my producer, Marisa Haynes, uh, last weekend, and we're putting that together for you right now as we speak. And she's going to be on Monday. And then next week, we've got a couple really, really good guests I want you guys to to mark your uh, calendar for. Because it's going, to, it's going to be a cool week, I'll tell you right now. But anyway, I'm glad you guys came. We are the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team at www.californiahaunts.org. If you like the show, share it with four or five people because we want to get, get our name out there. If you didn't like the show, share it with four or five people. Um, we are putting a, I am putting a website together currently, and that should be really up and running within the next couple weeks here. And uh, you guys will be able to go visit there or uh, updates on the show. And maybe you missed a show, you can go check it out. Otherwise, we have a YouTube page that you can check out. You're going to have to Google it, California Haunts YouTube. It's kind of hard to find. I don't know why they do that, but they do. But uh, I thank you all for coming, and I will see you next week.